we were saying, this is the elite level production that we're dealing with. The rule is at least if one of us looks cute, we can record. Yeah. Two of us, two of us. That's like, come on. That's like next level. That's like, yeah. Like that's like, you gotta be on like Huberman podcast or something. Yeah. If zero of us look cute, we will also still record, but we won't be as happy about it. So yeah. Anyway. And obviously, if you're watching this, Ashley is clearly the one who's looking real cute cute right now. (laughs) Actually, I think that's arguable. I think we both look cute all the time and it's, you know, more a state of mind than anything else. But I did just shower. So yeah, I didn't. I did just thank you for noticing a leg day. So opposite opposite ends of the spectrum. 100%. That's why I have a hat on because my hair looks absolutely crazy. And, you know. How was the leg day? What did, what did you do? Did you do anything special that we should know about? So I did four exercises. I'm just going to crack the cold one over here. Hold on. Um, and it was hard as F I did pendulum squat, but I did B stance pendulum squat today. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. That was the first time I did the B stance. I've been doing regular for the last four weeks, switched up a little bit, going to start to progress that one. So just did B stance pendulum, did RDLs, barbell RDLs. And then I did um, leg extension for quads and seated hamstring curl. And then I just finished with like a, like a, a short um, app circuit, like crunches. Um, that sounds crunch really thing, good. Like a crunch machine. So that sounds yeah. intense. Can I tell you, you're going to, you're going to love what I'm about to say. Okay. I, the other day did a leg workout as well. And I decided to do <clears throat> dumbbell deadlifts basically with a little raised heel, some dumbbell deadlifts. I wanted to like really get in on quads and I was doing some heavy dumbbells for me. Cause I don't, you know, I don't do like super heavy dumbbell stuff. First of all, my entire upper back and traps are so sore, like very sore just from grabbing these dumbbells that are very heavy. Right. Wait, Were you doing deadlifts or squats? You said you heel your heels were elevated deadlifts, deadlifts, but like with elevated heels. Yes. Okay. Don't worry about it. Anyway, the I think point you were doing what squats. I'm going to tell you. Well, were you holding the dumbbells at your sides or up here or whatever? And then like, no, down, down by your sides. I'll, right? like, I'll show you a video of what I did. I'll show okay. you a video of what I did. Okay. The okay. point of the story is I was talking to Alex the other day and I'm like, I, I need to use some straps if I want to go any heavier than, cause to be honest with you, I don't like even like to admit the lack of strength that I have grip because grip strength, I believe is very important, but like I have these little dainty girl hands. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm just saying the hands aren't that strong. And if I go any heavier than like 55 pounds, like I'm having a very hard time with it. Can I just pause there? Like one 55 pound dumbbell in each hand is what you're Yeah. That's very hard. Yeah. That's very hard. And that is very, that is a lot. So you have a lot of grip strength. Okay. Okay. That makes me feel better. Yeah. But as you know, and this is the conversation, this is the ongoing amazing conversation that we've always had about the, the straps is like, obviously there are other parts of your body that are much stronger than your grip. Your grip is probably always going to be like the deciding factor and any kind of squats, anything that I'm doing where I'm holding dumbbells in my hand, like I could go much heavier if I could hold on to a heavier dumbbell. Right. So anyway, I was like, do we have those straps? I'm going to pull out those straps and I'm going to tell Rachel and then she's going to be like, and you recorded you it. So I, well, I didn't record myself doing it, but I can show oh. you a video of somebody else, but I will, I will, I will, if yeah. you uh, want me to, um, anyway, 
So I'm going to get some straps. I have them. I just haven't used them in a million years. And I guess, you know, because there are just some things that I'm doing, I'm doing a lot more dumbbell focused stuff these days. It used to be like barbell mostly. I guess, of course you can use straps with barbell too. Anyway, haven't used straps in a while. So I'm going to pull them out and see how it makes me feel. See if it makes me feel like a big, strong girl and I'll keep you posted. Love to hear it. I oh, did. I use straps. Uh, well, I use the Versa grips, which Versa grip straps. I just like the Versa grips better because they just feel better Easier. for me. And they, they're, um, they, to me, they pull less on your wrists. Mm. Um, and it's just like a little wraparound versus having to do the whole like wraparound thing. Um, I think they're a good investment. I've had mine for like a few years and mm-hmm. they like are, they hold up really well. Um, yeah. I'll send you like, I'll send you it if you want. Um, but that might be a good idea. Cause I think one of the things that like stopped me from using grips, like back when I was in my like power or straps, when I was in my powerlifting days is like, it's always so much easier to do one strap than the other one. <laughs> and the other one I'm like, yeah, you like, you don't get as good a grip then you're all mad about yeah. it. Anyway, the Versa um, grips, you'll, you'll like those. I'll send you them. Um, or you can just Google it, but yeah. Yeah. They're great. Okay. Um, I had another question for you. Um, mm-hmm. and this is even before we get to the questions that some folks have asked us online, but I noticed the other day you were out having a nice little tan at your pool mm-hmm. and you posted about this, like tanning stuff, like this tanning oil or whatever. Talk to yeah. me about it. Hold on. Oh, she's going to get it guys. I'm just narrating what's happening in case you aren't watching on YouTube. Cause you probably aren't. And there it is. Yes. Okay. okay. So yeah. So this is if I'm going to use like any type of sunscreen or tanning, whatever, it's going to be good ingredients, right? Not like tons of chemicals and, and crap like that. Cause we know with sunscreen in general, there's like so much shit in it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, can we curse? Wait, yeah, this is our podcast. We can curse. Do what we want. <laughs> so yeah, I found this a while ago. So it's the Maui babe browning lotion. You can just fa- find it on Amazon and the ingredients are light mineral oil, uh, kukui, I don't even know how to say that, nut oil, um, vitamin E, C, and A, Kona coffee plant extract, aloe, and potassium iodide. So the potassium iodide is the only thing that is sounds a little um, chemically, but I need to re-up on what that actually is because I can't remember. But anyway, compared to a lot of other tanning oils or things like that, um, this is definitely probably like the cleanest I found. And it also smells like coffee and chocolate combined when hey. you put it on. So your entire body just smells real good. Um, and yeah, I don't use it all the time, but like if I'm trying to get a little bit more out of it and I just want to like have like a little glistening, I'll use this. Um, and then like for my face and stuff, I use some other, um, sunscreen that's like thir- like SPF 30 and it's, you know, yeah. Uh, I won't say like specific brands, but well, I use the fray. If you've heard of fray, um, Mm, brand, it's like pretty clean. Um, but I've used other ones and I'm sure you have suggestions too. So yeah. Yeah. No, I was curious. Cause that's, I mean, that's not a sunscreen. That's like a sun Mm -hmm. accelerator, um, which can be, you know, a controversial, I guess, topic. I, I don't know. Again, like online, it seems like there's like there's the camp that's like, you need to be out in the sun all the time and sunscreen is the devil and blah, blah, blah. And then there's the side that's like, if you don't put sunscreen on, as soon as you get out of bed, you are going to die an old leathery bag. You know what I mean? Like, so of course, Mm -hmm. I think the vast majority of us fit somewhere in the middle. Like I 
tend to try to do, and I'm not, this is different too, when you're in like a place that's very hot all the time versus a place like where I live, which is a lot more temperate and like, you know, just not crazy hot and sunny every day. But anyway, I try to do more like shorter exposures to the sun and like minimize the sunscreen. And like, if I'm going to be out all day in the blazing sun, I'm going to cover up when I need to, I'm going to wear some sunscreen, but like, I try to minimize the sunscreen and like maximize like smart time in the sun. Um, and I do try to cover my face more because it's the whole, you know, premature mm-hmm. wrinkles thing. Um, but it's just interesting. Cause I feel like people get like real controversial with it. And I, I follow like a couple like skincare experts and stuff. Cause again, I care about this stuff. I want like my skin to look healthy. And one of them, she's just like, literally like wakes up in the morning, just slathers like her entire face and everything with sunscreen. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not trying to do that. I don't know. The damage yeah. is done anyway. Like apparently most of the like really bad skin damage you can do kind of happens in your like younger years and you're just sort of paying for it after that. But yeah, no. And I completely agree with that too. I think like being smart all about that and all that. And like with this, like I will make, like, I won't use this until I have a base, right. Cause you wouldn't want to go from like not being in the sun at all to just like putting on like oil. Cause you're going to burn a lot easier, but I Mm -hmm. walk like it's finally like this last month it's been sunny in San Diego, which we went through like a period of just like super gloomy. Um, so I've been walking in the sun a lot. And then like last weekend, I was like, okay, I want just a little bit more on like my legs and stomach really. So mm-hmm. that's when I utilize that. And then like, I'll go intermittently, like I'll put the umbrella up for a little bit if I feel like I'm getting too hot or like I'll turn over on my stomach and you know, all the the smartness. But I do uh, get, sometimes I get scolded by Alex if I'm looking a little bit too red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm trying to be careful with that, but. I guess it's just one of those things that it's like, not necessarily, this may not be the best term, but like when it comes to like toxic load, right. I'm not saying like the Mm -hmm. sun or burning is like a toxin necessarily, but it's about like balancing. Like some people would say that like the, um, the benefits of getting sun and maybe occasionally, unfortunately you burn is still going to outweigh like people who just cover up and like, you're never exposed to the sun. Like, I think most of us can agree that exposure to actual vitamin D from the sun and being outdoors is going to have net benefits, like just be smart, whatever. And, you know, sometimes you burn, you try to minimize that, but, um, yeah, yeah anyway, so little, that's cool. Okay. I want to say one more thing. Cause we're on yeah. this topic and I know you, you want me to shut up, but no, um, I don't care. We, listen, like I said, this is our podcast. We can just talk about tanning yeah. all episode if you want. I don't care. No. Yeah. So I was talking about um, I was talking about this in my FlexFam membership actually yesterday, and it was relating to like, um, we're talking about like regulating cravings and hunger and appetite and like the differences between those things and like ways that you can naturally do that. And one way that we talked about is actually obviously your circadian rhythm and hunger hormones and all that stuff is intertwined, right? So one way that you can help to actually just start your day off to help regulate your circadian rhythm, which in fact will also help to regulate your hunger hormones, right? Um, Is right when you wake up going outside and Mm -hmm. looking up towards the sky, even if it's like cloudy out and obviously not looking like directly at the sun, but if it's sunny out even better and just get that sun like immediately right when you wake up, like within the first 10 to 15 minutes and just stand out there for like five minutes, like five to 10 minutes, if a little bit longer, if you can, um, and just that, that is like the best time to get like sun exposure if you're going to mm-hmm. do it at all during the day. And it mm-hmm. can't be like through a window. And if you wear contacts, like make sure you don't put your contacts in first. Cause 
what's happening is it's not the sun coming on your skin. It's through your eyes where mm-hmm. you're getting the benefit. Cause that there's like some hormones and stuff. I don't even know. Like, I'm not going to get into all that. Um, <clears throat> with specifics, but it's like looking up towards the sky first 10 to 15 minutes when you wake up, if you can do this by also stepping on some grass or sand or wherever you are and ground yourself, that's like another plus. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and that can help, like there's been studies that show that that can actually help regulate some of the hunger hormones. Um, I forgot the exact ones. It's not like ghrelin and leptin. It's some other ones. It might be CCK, but anyway, that doesn't matter. So yeah, just another mm-hmm. little tip to to think about um, yep. on top of the other benefits. Yeah. I mean, I I've read before many times that the, like getting the sunlight and the vitamin D through your eyes is more important than through your skin. I think I've even read somewhere that like you will tan faster if you're not wearing sunglasses than if you are because of the way your body oh, never interacts heard. with vitamin D through your eyes. Like maybe I'm completely, I dreamt that, that's but I'm so pretty cool sure that, that's a thing. So I don't know, do your own research, but, um, <laughs> anyway. Okay. So cool. Another testament to why you shouldn't wear sunglasses all the time too. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Like, again, I think people like, I mean, I guess it's like fashion and stuff. And like, we, mm-hmm. we like a sunglass every now and then. Oh, yeah. Um, but like all day, <laughs> every day, I think some people kind of overdo it. Like I, again, similar to what you're saying, like, I want to get out and look at the sun, or be outside first thing in the morning. But also if I'm like going out and it's a sunny day, I'll try to like on and off on and off, you know, not have them on all the time. Yeah. Um, sure. all right. Cool, well, we dude, just went so- deep into that, but hopefully that <laughs> yeah. helps some I mean, yeah. that was, like, if I didn't know that, I would be like, wow, I just got a ton of new tips. Like, listen, that's, that's what, what we're, we're here, here for. for. Okay, guys. Oh, All right. So coffee. <laughs> coffee. Speaking of coffee, I have some questions here and one of them is related to coffee. Um, where Which I'm is drinking it? Hold on. right now in my wired for another day. Very nice. Okay. So this question, I mean, this is a pretty quick one we can just get into, but what is your favorite coffee brand and what are your opinions about caffeine in general? I mean, I think anybody who follows us at all knows that we're like pretty pro coffee, <laughs> but like coffee. obviously there's nuance to that. So like, what are your opinions? Like if someone, yeah, what are your thoughts on sort of caffeine as the widely known drug that we all use in general? So, I mean, I, I love it, <laughs> but I definitely think that it can be abused. <laughs> you did um, have your little like caffeine. Um, you went cold Turkey for a while there. We talked about that in a previous yeah. episode. Yeah. Like, but that was, yeah, that was back in January, like two weeks of no caffeine. Um, definitely felt a difference in the beginning. Um, but I mean, my opinion, and actually I've been, I'm doing something right now, which is like, this could be another tip for, for some people too. Um, I haven't, completely cut it out since last January, but I do think that there is benefits to like periodically throughout the year, like maybe every quarter, right. You do like a little bit of a caffeine reset where you kind of cut it out for like a week or two. Um, and one of the the biggest things with that, I think is just <clears throat> the overall resiliency that comes from that. Cause like, I feel yes. like a lot of people are depend, like you can get dependent on caffeine, right. You wake up in the morning, you have your coffee right away. Another tip with that, like you should actually be waiting at least 45 minutes before you drink your first cup of coffee, like right after you wake up, um, because that can actually mess with your circadian rhythm as well. So another little tip there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that just from like a mental standpoint, like being able to implement a period of time without being relying on it can again, build resiliency. And like, 
you kind of remind yourself like, okay, I don't need this thing, right? I don't mm-hmm. need this thing to function. And then it could also open your eyes to some other things where it's like, oh, if you cut it out and you're like absolutely miserable and you're dragging all day, then there's something to that that kind of yes. shows like, okay, we probably need to focus on some sleep um, yes. and some other things before relying on, um, or instead of relying on caffeine every day. Um, and then one other thing I'll say is like what I've been doing the last actually three weeks is I've been mixing uh, decaf and regular. Yeah. So I'm doing half calf. And the reason I, this is because I found that I was like, like, I love to drink coffee. So I would rather drink like a whole pot of coffee just Mm -hmm. like throughout the morning. And so doing half calf allows me to drink more. Right. Um, and not have a ton of caffeine and then I can kind of titrate it. So I'll do like some days, like three fourths decaf, a fourth calf, half and half. Right. So you can like mix that up. Um, so that's what I've been doing. And then just coffee brands, I would say obviously bubs. Hey, nice segue. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's their coffee is very good. It is. And I'm drinking it right now. Um, I also do like purity. Um, And I'll say this right now. I'm doing a blend of because I don't know. Does Bubs have decaf right now? I I don't. That's a good question. I don't think think they do. They've they've got a medium roast and a dark roast. um, But no, I don't think so. Yeah. So I've been combining the decaf from purity coffee, which I've been drinking their stuff for like years um, decaf from them and then calf from bubs. And it's like Smart. that little combo. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, bubs, I, again, I'll say my husband is like an actual coffee snob. Like he's like taking like courses on like, he's, he's really into coffee. And so he's actually like the, the judge and jury of like coffee mm-hmm. in our house. Like I know when coffee's bad, but I don't know when it's like really good necessarily. I just know what I like. And he has been really, really impressed with all the different, um, bubs coffee that we've gotten. So just FYI MSW 20, our discount 20% off coffee. And they have, they have, um, the beans that you can grind yourself. And they also have pre-ground, which is what I've been making my cold brew with, um, because it's just like already there and it's very easy. So Thank you to Bubs for that. I also really like just for like going to a coffee shop. I don't know if you guys have it in California, but it's big in New York anyway. Maybe it's not even from New York. Blue Bottle. Do you know Blue Bottle Coffee? Uh, I feel like I've definitely heard of that. Yeah. I mean, I think you can get it at Whole Foods anywhere, but um, I really like that coffee. But I've been trying to do a little bit less like buying like pre-made iced coffee and like trying to make some myself because no matter what it adds up, like nothing's cheap anymore. But um, yeah. And I, again, I sent I, you that coffee machine from Ninja, the new one that does the, yeah, the cold brew. No, I, I saw know. it. And I was like, I might have to crush it. I might have to. Yeah. It looks really good. And it's funny too, like going back to the caffeine thing, like I, I, I don't have to add anything to what you said. I completely agree. I think it's like a really, really useful, delicious, amazing tool that you do not want to be completely dependent on. It's a really good idea, like any supplement or, anything like that to just sort of like have intermittent periods where you titrate off of it because you just don't want to be that like, you know, dependent on anything. And any, some of my clients, like, you know, if I do like an intake and I'm asking like what they eat and or drink and they're like six, eight co- cups of coffee a day, I'm like, come on guys. Like there's other issues here. That's a bandaid you're sticking on to something else. But I always find it funny how people react to decaf coffee, because when I first started drinking coffee, I was really um, sensitive to it. Like I would drink an iced coffee and feel like I was having a panic attack. And I'm like, I love coffee, but I, I don't want to feel like this. So I would like ask for iced coffee, like a decaf, like Americano, like an iced Americano. And people would look at me like I was asking for like 
the blood of an innocent or something. Like people were just thought I was like horrible. And I'm just like, dude, I'm drinking it for the taste. Like, is that a crime? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's still like, I'm, you know, let me live. I don't want to have like 250 milligrams of caffeine in my system right now. Anyway, yeah. so I'm a big fan of decaf too. And I feel like, I'm sorry, I don't think it tastes that different. If you get good quality decaf, like. That's what I was going to say. The only thing that we have to be careful about with decaf, and I don't know tons about this. This is what I've, I haven't read about in a while, but there, I think the way that they like, I don't know what the exact mechanism is, but the way that they kind of, I guess, extract the caffeine from the decaf or however that works. Yes. There's certain methods that are actually, they use like more chemicals to do that. So you do want to be careful. And that's why like purity talks, like if you go to the purity website, I think I even have a discount code for them if anybody wants purity, but like the decaf, right? Because bubs get on that. Um, But if you're looking for decaf right now, um, that might be an option, but they do like the way that they extract it is like through the method. That's like the quote unquote health yes. healthiest and they don't use the chemicals and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so something to be aware of, and even just with regular coffee too, like that's why bubs is, we love organic, um, yeah. you know, know where it's coming from, trust yeah. the brand, all that stuff, even with just regular coffee. Cause that also can, has tons of, uh, like they spray the crops with tons of yes. pesticides and herbicides and whatever sides of whatever <laughs> anything that ends inside is not good guys okay that's my scientific take on that <laughs> yeah um okay here's another question i wanted to ask because you know when we get questions from listeners that we haven't heard before i'm like okay i'm into this because you know we tend to get like there are themes to the questions we're asked total um, first net carbs <laughs> yeah. it's funny uh, i was dying I- last time Listen, people were like, somebody, somebody said that I was mean, like I was rude. And I'm like, first of all, you didn't listen to the episode because I definitely was like, I'm teasing. I'm joking. Of course, you know, questions are questions. Like there's no dumb question. Um, but also like, if that's the most, if me like joking about falling asleep during a question in a podcast is the most offensive thing you've seen on the internet today, like you need like relax. You're winning. If that is like, you're relax. Yeah. Um, anyway, so this question I thought would be fun. Um, somebody's asking, how do you feel about the 75 hard? Do you know about this? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to say for anybody who doesn't, um, know what it is, I'm going to read this out because I've, I've never done it. Um, but I've seen a lot of people do it. And I think this would just be kind of like a fun question to sort of talk about as sort of like, coaches and like the idea of, um, you know, motivation and having a goal and stuff like that. But where is it? I had, uh, I had it listed out what the rules were. Um, okay, here we go. So the diet is basically for 75 consecutive or the plan for 75 consecutive days, you have to follow a diet. It doesn't tell you what diet you just have to pick one and follow it. You have to, um, drink a gallon of water you have to read 10 pages of a book. You have to complete two 45 minute workouts. One of them has to be outdoors. Um, I think that's it. It says something about you have to take progress pictures. Oh yeah. No, zero alcohol, zero cheat meals for 75 consecutive days. Now I think somebody like created this. I don't know the deal. And I don't, Frisella, Frisella, yeah. He's the founder of first form. Um, the company, which I, yeah, I use their products too. So yeah, I know about this. Um, Um, I don't know what happens if like, you know, 62 days in you 
bring for like I have a cheat meal. What happens? You have to start over again, or is it just like sixty four days hard? I don't know. Um, but I mean, I have some thoughts about this. Like on one hand, there are I think there are a lot of good things about this. Um, good things being like first of all, reading ten pages of a book. I think that's fantastic, and I think anybody can find the time to do that. And I think that's so great, especially in our like really short attention span culture where so many of us would rather just veg out on Netflix or scroll our phones. Like it's just so good to read a book. And I will say that till the day I die. So I think that's great. Um, I think, I think, you know, picking a diet and following one and really trying to be really adherent to it for 75 days is pretty reasonable, challenging, but good. And I like the fact that it's not telling you one specific thing. It's like pick something that feels right for you and like follow it. Um, the one gallon of water, I'd be out immediately. <laughs> no doing that. Although it, it's a good, it's a good, uh, goal to nothing have wrong with it, you know, absolutely yeah. nothing wrong good with it. One. I just would fail. I would fail miserably. Um, the workout. So again, I don't know the nuance of this, like does, is a walk, does that count as a workout? You know, mm-hmm. I think like, oh, I will say a lot of the people that I see doing the 75 hard tend to be men. And I don't know if that's just because of who created it. It's the name, it's the marketing. I mean, certainly women are, are doing it too. I just see more men. I'd love to hear from like a busy mom of two who has a full-time job. And like, if you think this is doable, because again, I have like a ton of resources at my disposal. And I would have a very hard time with this. Um, two 45 minute workouts a day is a, is a lot. And I would worry that people yeah. would take that to be like, okay, a CrossFit workout in the morning and a run in the afternoon or something like it, it could, it's probably that much probably isn't necessary, but I think the overarching concept of like, you've got some time and it's more than 21 days, which is great because as we all know, it, t- it takes longer for you to, to, um, create habits. It takes longer to see change, whatever. And to just sort of have it be like, it's relatively simple. It's written out here. You've got 75 days, no excuses, no like, Oh, but I just, you know, it's rainy. Like, no, just do it. I I like that. I can see why that's appealing to people. Um, and I can see why some people really enjoy like something like this, like once a year or something, or, you know, twice a year is like a reset. I get it. Um, yeah. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I agree with all that. And I think that, um, I think the biggest thing is to just kind of think back and, and realize like, first of all, like what for asking yourself, like why you're doing this, because I think, you know, it can be fun to have these challenges. I mean, we just ended a, what we do. I do this every year in my flex fam, it's called the summer flex challenge and it's 30 days and there's four components to it. It's kind of similar like to the 75 hard, but it's 30 days. You have to get outside and walk, um, outside for like once a, like one time a day, at least, um, 10 minutes of mindfulness in the morning. Um, what was the other thing? Half your body weight in ounces and water and then and electrolytes and like one other thing that I'm blanking on now, but anyway, it was just like, like having these kind of set challenges where it's like, okay, I know for this period of time, I'm going to commit to doing this. Right. Um, and I think that that's what the 75 heart is doing, but the two issues that I have with it, um, are what you said is 45 to 45 minute workouts. Even if it is a 45 minute workout and then a 45 minute walk, like every single day, that's not for 75 days. Like that's not practical. And that, that leads to burnout, right? We yeah. don't work out every day. I lift four days max a week. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I walk every day. I, I love walking. And I think 45 minutes walks every day for 75 days. That's doable. If mm-hmm. like, if you commit to that, Cause that's a parasympathetic part of recovery, right? That mm-hmm. is like addition to recovery. Um, but like 45 minute workout times two a day is absolutely excessive and that can be detrimental. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And then the second thing is just kind of thinking like, okay, if you're using this as sort of like a reset um, or a challenge, like I mentioned, like I think that's fine because sometimes we need that. We need this, we need the new shiny object to to sometimes get back on track or just to have something that we're working towards, which is absolutely fine. Like I always have goals. I think that's really important. But if you're like, oh, I'm, you know, I've fallen off the wagon completely and doing this 75 hard is going to be the answer to my prayers and I'm going to be amazing for the rest of life or whatever. I don't know. Like if you're looking for the quick fix out of it, yeah. then that's the wrong mentality going into yeah. it. Um, yeah. so that, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Similar to what, what you were saying. Yeah. I mean the, the, the burnout aspect or the, like having a reason for doing it and then a plan afterwards is key because again, it's, it's exactly like, you know, a three month, um, photo shoot prep or whatever, where you're like, I'm just ridding my teeth through this and it's fun and I'm enjoying it and I'm getting a lot out of it because it's challenging me. And then it's done and you binge for a weekend because you finally get a break and you're celebrating. And then you're like, okay, well now what I have nothing, I'm just going to, and then it's yeah. like, all goes downhill from there. So, um, yeah. maybe, I don't know, maybe you just take it and make it your own and make it, I'm already like, my wheels are spinning here. I'm like, maybe I need to do like a 75, like moderately challenging or like a 75, we could do that something. hard. Yeah. Like we could create something like, yeah. let's talk about it because I think about we, it. Could, we could create it and make something that's just like a bit more sustainable, but still good. Like something that will make people feel good and motivated and like they're, you know, progressing, but not like, I can't wait till mm-hmm. this is over to not do this anymore. You know, that's kind of not yeah. the, the plan, but anyway, yeah, that's cool. Um, did you have a question? Cool. You wanted? Yeah. Uh, what are we, we're at 30 minutes in. So we did have some HRT questions or hormone related questions. Maybe we can end this episode with one of them and then we'll pick up with our next episode on some other ones. Cool. Um, okay. So we had a few here and okay. So I'll just read this out. Um, this is coming from Stephanie and just to like say this from the beginning, I am not an HRT expert, neither is Ash. <laughs> um, but we've done some, re- I've been doing some research as we talked about on our last podcast. Um, so this is going to be kind of like a high level, high level answers to these questions, especially if you send in like really specific questions about hormones and HRT and things like that. Um, just know that we're going to take more of a high level approach with that. And then like, for example, I dive, I'm beginning to dive deeper into these things within like my flex fam, which is my group membership. Um, so if you want more specifics and like lots of details with that, that would be, um, a different kind of scenario there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will read this question from Stephanie. She said, I watched, I watched your recent podcast. Love to hear that. Um, I watched your recent podcast. I hope one or both of us was cute at the time. (laughs) I know, right? I'm trying to think back to what podcast (laughs) was. I probably was wearing a hat and sweaty probably from my workout anyway. Um, (laughs) but you were probably looking cute. Uh. Would, I would love to hear your research on HRT pellets versus creams. She said, I'm 49 and in menopause and have done pellets. The only downside for me has been the highs and the lows. When the HRT wears off, the crash is bad, disrupted sleep, no energy, brain fog, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's asking kind of like with the research, you know, that I, that we've done, what's our opinion on pellets? 
Um, before so, you, uh, before you mm-hmm. dive into that though, um, and this is something actually a couple of my clients are either like dealing with or asking about, can you explain to listeners, anybody who isn't there yet or isn't familiar what the pellet is? Yeah. So there's yeah. tons of different types of ways that you can, um, replace hormones, right? Hormone replacement therapy. You can do, uh, creams, patches, pellets, um, pills or, you know, tablets, uh, troches, troches. I can never say it. Trokies. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, that's a type. So there's, there's different types. Um, and I would say that again, I'm not an expert here, but from the research that I've done, they all have different benefits and drawbacks, right? There's going to be different benefits and drawbacks. And also depending on what, um, the hormone that you're replacing too. So like, for example, if you're replacing progesterone versus estrogen, they have differences too, like in terms of taking oral progesterone versus taking oral estrogen, there's some downsides to, uh, to the oral estrogen, which I'm not going to get into, but anyway, just so you know, there's pros and cons to all the different types. And then more specifically, the actual hormone that you're replacing, there's pros and cons within that as well. And that's why this is going to be a high level answer because there's so many different things you could dive into, right? Um, So the pellets is basically, um, it's a hormone, right? So whether it's just one hormone or they put multiple hormones in there um, that they inject and it's typically into your booty, right? Mm -hmm. So you go in and you get this procedure. It's like an in-office procedure, but it's still a procedure. And they're basically injecting this, like, it's like the size of a a grain of rice, right? A cooked or whatever, uh, cooked or uncooked grain of rice. It doesn't matter. It's the same size. It's the same size. (laughs) It's a small pellet. A cooked grain of rice, a small pellet, right? They inject it. And typically it will, um, I think like the average time is like about three months that it stays there. And then you go in three months later, and and this will depend, maybe it's two to three months, you get another injection of the pellet. So from my research, from what I've done, um, I have seen that there are much better options to the pellet. So there's, I guess, just to make this simple, there's a lot more downsides that I've researched with the pellet compared to other forms of HRT. Um, and so like just for myself, if I was going to be going on HRT, I probably would not choose the pellet. That would be like the bottom of the list. Um, and there's several reasons for this. And again, this is like my opinion. This is not saying like, you shouldn't do this. Obviously talk to make sure you're working with a skilled practitioner who, who knows about HRT and all that. Um, but a few of the downsides would be, um, like it is a procedure, right? So you have to go into, uh, the office, right? Every few months and get something injected into you. So it is a surgical procedure, right? And with any surgical procedure, there is going to be, um, like risks for infection, bleeding, things like that. Right. So that's one downside. Um, there's like, once you get it, once you get that pellet, um, it's hard to reverse it. Right. So once you get that in that, uh, pellet put in, like it's there for three to four months, um, and you can't control it, right? You can't control the release of the hormones. Um, and so this, uh, Stephanie mentioned that like, she has like, right when she gets the the pellet inserted, right. She probably has like a big whoosh of hormones. Um, and then, you know, maybe that during the second month, it starts to kind of go down and crash. Right. 
So you're getting kind of this huge influx of hormones and then plummets towards the end, which that's not what we want, especially for HRT. Like we want kind of like a steady release. Um, and we also want to be able to titrate that too. Um, especially if you're new, right. To HRT and you're, you're just starting to do it. If you get a pellet, then like, there's no, like you can't adjust it. There's no way to like immediately make adjustments versus if you were to use like a cream or a pill or something, you could titrate that dose a lot easier. Right. Um, so with that too, like, obviously you can raise levels too high. So if you go too high from the start, there's actually some things, especially like with testosterone, if you raise testosterone too high, and this is not to scare anybody, right? I'm just giving you kind of like the things that I've researched. If you bump testosterone up too high, um, there can be like irreversible things that happen that you wouldn't want to happen. Right. And so that's more of the extremes. Um, and most, you know, most doctors will do that. Right. Um, but that is, it is, it can be something that could, could happen potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the two last things I'll say is that, um, from again, the research that I've done, <clears throat> a lot of the clinics that do pellets, right. There's a lot of clinics and they, they do more of like a one size fits all approach, right. So they have you get blood work done, which that's like a whole other topic we can discuss. And then they kind of take your numbers and they put them into a computer system. And then the computer system spits out like, okay, this is what they need for their pellet. And they don't take into account like your symptoms and all the other things that are going on that are necessary to take into account, especially symptoms. Um, and so it's more of like a one size fits all approach. And then to kind of piggyback off that, there's a lot of profits um, that can be, that come from pellets. Um, so pellets t- typically are like four to five times more expensive than <clears throat> your average like HRT cream or even like pill. Um, so there's a lot of money to be made in pellets, especially because again, you're going in every three to four months yeah. for that procedure that costs money. Um, so there's a lot of like, <clears throat> just like with pharmaceuticals and things like that. Um, there's yeah. a lot of money to be made there. So that's kind of just like an overview. There's some other, other downsides that I've researched. And I guess from my own opinion, it's like based off of what I've seen, probably not going to be the route that I would go, um, Mm -hmm. for all those reasons. Mm -hmm. Hey, you heard it here, but go do more research. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, with this, this topic has come up before. It's like, we are not, we are not the conspiracy theory podcast. There's a lot of other ones out there that are. So go listen to those. However, we know that our medical system is messed up. We know that our food system is messed up. Our health system is messed up. There's a lot of money to be made in unfortunately treating, you know, symptoms. Um, and there's a lot of money to be made in medicine. So unfortunately that this is the kind of like deeper dive that you as the consumer has to do, um, because you cannot rely on pharmaceutical companies and even like medical systems to find the best option for you. Cause they're not going to, that's not their job. Unfortunately, yeah. it really isn't. Yeah. So, and one um, other thing too, about the money is like, there's unfortunately there's, especially if you're going to a clinic, um, or even like a doctor, like even if a a doctor that you trust, and maybe it's been like your family doctor for a while, like, again, if they're not specialized in HRT, if they just went and took like a weekend class on how to use pellets and then they're prescribing that, like that's, that's not a specialization, right? That's not, they don't, that's Mm -hmm. not enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and so there is like, at least from what I've read, 
especially with a lot of the clinics and and the companies that they get the pellets from, they have to like pay an upfront cost for those pellets. And so they have to make the money back. And so, you know, that's another thing to think about. Like if your doctor is pushing pellets and you're asking them like other questions, other alternatives, and they're not giving you alternatives, or they're maybe like pushing off, oh, like, no, that's not the best alternative. That's a huge freaking red flag. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yep. All right, guys, go do research, drink, drink some caffeine and don't wear sunscreen, <laughs> do an hour, hour, hour and a half workout. Don't do any of those things. Don't, this don't, cool don't, be, insane. don't be insane. Don't do stupid shit. Okay. <laughs> that should be the name of our 75 heart. But it's funny. I think this, Could this be. episode, like th- I want to start doing maybe regularly, we can call them like what's good. And then like list all the things we talk about and say whether we think it's good or not. Like, you oh, know, yeah. sunscreen, 75 heart a billion glasses of coffee a day. I like this idea because I like, uh, pellets. pellets. I like kind of having, um, you know, opinions and saying them on our podcast. So that's good. What's good. All right. Oh, before we go, just quickly shout out our other, we already talked about bubs at the top, our other sponsor active stacks. Mm. Um, I did make that. Did I tell you about the vanilla bean paste with the vanilla? You told me did it, but you didn't tell me how it was. Yeah, it was really good, I think. So I used the vanilla active stacks, code MSW10, activestacks.com, the protein powder that we use, go get it. Um, but I got this, like it's vanilla bean paste. So it's made with like, I think there's like some agave in it. And it's just mm-hmm. like vanilla bean flex. So like there's like the flex and it's like very, very strongly vanilla flavored, which I loved, but I think it was the actual vanilla bean paste I put in it. It made the texture really weird. I'll have to, I didn't post a video. Oh. I'll have to do it, but it made it almost like chewy or something, which mm. I kind of liked it, like added this like bite to it. Like, I don't know. It was, it was very strange, but I was kind of into it. Um, I'm going to try it again and see if it was the vanilla bean paste that did it, but all that to yeah. say, um, it, it was delicious. And you know, the active stacks obviously helps because it's just very good yeah. tasting protein powder. But anyway, shout yeah. out to those guys. Um, and that's it. That's it for today, guys. Don't do stupid. Don't, don't be insane. Don't do stupid. Bye. Shit. Look cute. Or not. Or not. <laughs> or not. <laughs>